I want to be that church. Wouldn't it be fun if we had enough homes open in our church? Just our church alone? Joshua chapter 3. I love what my wife says. If you look at the state statistics, I have them right here. There's 5,135 human beings in foster care. There's 6,343 churches. There's only 1,700 foster homes open. There's 600 kids right now as we speak sitting at a group home waiting for a family to come adopt them because they've already been terminated. 600 kids owned by the state of Arkansas right now that need a forever home. This is a big deal, church family. Joshua, I love the story of Joshua. It's one of my favorites. Joshua chapter 1. Moses has passed away. The mantle has been given to Joshua, and I'll kind of speed up here. But, but basically, in Joshua chapter 1, he's taken over the mantle of taking uh, a great group of people into the promised land, crossing over the Jordan, going into the promised land. And, and I love the last verse of chapter 1, because God just basically says, Be strong and courageous, Joshua. Be strong and courageous, to lead these people to a land that they've never been to. Be strong and courageous to be Jesus to this people. We know the origin of Joshua and how it's connected to the name of Jesus. So let's pick it up in Joshua chapter 3. Joshua chapter 2 is Rahab. We know the story of Rahab. We do time. We, we can't go through it. But look at chapter 3, verse 1. Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out from Acacia Grove and came to the Jordan, he and all the children of Israel, and lodged there before they crossed over. So it was after three days that the officers went through the camp and they commanded the people saying, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, everybody say priests, and the priests, the Levites bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. I love the word priest because how many of you know in Revelation chapter one, verse four through six, it says we are to be the priests. Amen. Due to the shed blood of Jesus Christ, we step into the role of the priest. I love this. As God was more than invisible, invisibly present among his people. For the Ark of the Covenant stood as a symbol of his presence in their midst. We need a tangible visual reflection of Jesus Christ. And that tangible reflection of Jesus Christ is the church. Those people that were about to cross over to a new place. Some of these families need to cross over to a new place. Whether it be through education, whether it be through simple love, whether it be just through simple people not giving up on them. But they need to see a tangible presence of Jesus Christ. And these people saw it in the Ark of the Covenant. But today in 2017, the people that need Jesus, the people that are just lost, the people that just need help, they need to see a tangible presence. And the tangible presence is us, the church. Verse 4. Yet there shall be a space between you and it about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it that you may know the way by which you must go. For you have not passed this way before. You have not passed this way before. It's new. It's new. So many of these families, you've heard me talk about it. So many, the majority of them, not all of them, the majority of these families that find themselves in trouble with DHS or find themselves in trouble with, with the law or whatever it may be, so many of these people they don't know that there's something better out there. They don't know anything new because all they've ever lived is in darkness. So many of the biological families were foster kids. So many of the biological families had to grow up and they weren't raised at grandma's house. I always do this with people in town to educate them. This is not the generation that had dinner at grandma's house. 
They know nothing about dinner at grandma's house. They know nothing about that because all they have seen is darkness. But here you have the Israelites who didn't know what was on the other side of the river. It was new. And they were about to pass over to get to that place. We want to help as the church to step in and to help usher these families into a new place. I want this church in five years to be full of biological families. Whether they have lost their kids to adoption or not, they are still those kids' mamas and daddies. To this day, about a month or so ago, uh, Lillian Prue's dad was on the front row and I referenced him. To this day, we still talk. To this day, that man is still them baby's dad. We want to keep the family together. This is not about rescue this one, dump this one. I'm glad that's not the case or I'd have been dumped a long time ago because I'm a sinner in need of a savior. Amen? But they needed to be shown a new place and we are the ones to show them that new place. Verse five, pastor preached on this last week and Joshua said to the people, sanctify yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. We need sanctification in the church. Church, we need to be sanctified and live a holy life so we can show them how to live a sanctified and holy life. You know, you, you've heard it. You know, I, I don't want to go to church because that, that just doesn't look anything, that doesn't look any different from what I'm doing. It looks different here, and I'm thankful for that, not because we're perfect, but because we want to live a sanctified, holy life for Christ. Amen? Verse 6. Then Joshua spoke to the priests, saying, take up the Ark of the Covenant and cross over before the people. So they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went before the people. The church has to set the example. The church has to set the example. We, the priests, have to take the presence of the Lord. We have to go before these families. We, the priests, have to take the presence of the Lord and go before these kids. We, the priests, have to take the presence of the Lord and go before these families. Think about it. 33 kids have been introduced to the gospel message of Jesus Christ because we, the church, took the presence of the Lord and went before them and prepared the way. And so many of you have too. Even those that I mentioned, even before the call was even born, some, some of you guys were ushering in the presence of the Lord for other people on their behalf. The church has to set the example. Verse seven, and the Lord said to Joshua, this day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Verse eight, you shall command the priest who bear the Ark of the Covenant, saying, when you have come to the edge of the water of the Jordan, you shall stand, everybody say stand, you shall stand in the Jordan. Hebrew Assemblies of God, Jordan is the family, and we have to stand right in the middle of it. It's messy, it's, it's bad, it, sometimes, it, it, sometimes you just don't even know how to handle it, but we, the church, have to be willing to stand amongst the family and say, yeah, I'll take care of little Johnny, but I'm gonna take care of you too, because the ultimate goal is to get you guys together. And what an opportunity that we have. See, guys, listen, get this. This isn't just, this isn't, well, it's coming. It's here. This epidemic is here. We have a drug problem on the scale that's never been seen before. We have a methamphetamine problem that's on a scale that's never been seen in this area ever before. Mamas and daddies are losing their children daily, every day. Not only do we need to take in these kids and help them and give them a safe place to stay, step in the middle of the family, but we need to make sure that we go eye to eye with mom and dad. Since day one, every kid that's ever came through our home, we have done our best to try to go eye to eye with mom and dad right from the get-go and say, we're not just in it for your kid, we're in it for you. And something happens when, that, when you make that exchange. It's not, oh, I can't believe you can't raise your kid. I can't believe you. Once again, these people don't, 
know what it means to be a I've never had anybody show them. If I didn't have a stepdaddy step into my life and be my father, I don't know where I would be. But he stepped into the family. That's our Jordan. Joshua, the priest, they stepped into the Jordan. They stepped into the middle of the Jordan so the people could cross. We have to be willing to step in the middle of these families and say, we're going to stand. No matter how messy it is, we're going to stand. And it's messy, but isn't everything that he tells us about in this word messy? It's messy because we're all sinners in need of a Savior. This isn't a class issue. This isn't a, well, I can't believe that they didn't raise their kids like me. They weren't raised like you. They didn't have a daddy that took them hunting. They didn't have a mama to show them proper hygiene. Simple, basic things that we take for granted. So many of these people, not all of them. But so many of them, nobody has taught them. Now is the time for us to teach them. Verse 9. So Joshua said to the children of Israel, come here and hear the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, by this you shall know that the living God is among you and that he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Girgashites, and the Amorites, and the Jebusites, and all the meth and all the demonic warfare, and all the abuse, he will drive them out without fail. In Jesus' name. I believe a part of the revival, I believe we're already seeing it. We pray for revival on Wednesday, but I make sure that I thank God for the revival he's already begun. Look what is happening at the other side. We're connected to them. Heartbeat to heartbeat. Look what's happening to the call. We're connected to them. Heartbeat to heartbeat. Revival is just not everybody coming to the altar and being slain in the spirit for three hours. That's not just revival. Revival is when people's lives are radically changed. And we can't wait for the complete outcome. I don't know what Lily's going to be. Dear God, I think she's going to be like a newscaster because she won't shut up. She'll be in the media somehow. But she might be behind a pulpit someday. She might be in the jungles of of, of Africa someday. She might be a youth pastor someday. And it'll all be because a church was willing to be the church. To step in the middle of the Jordan, which the Jordan represents the family. Verse 11. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth is crossing over before you into the Jordan. God will always go before us. God will always go before you. Jojo, I'm scared to get involved with this foster stuff. It's messy. Yeah, it's messy, but God will go before you. God will go before you. I work. My wife works. We have busy lives. We have six children now, four under the age of five. We make it work because the church is willing to step in to the middle of the family. We make it work. It's going to be hard. Yeah, it's going to be hard. God always said it was going to be hard. That's why he equips us. Verse 12. Now, therefore, take for yourselves 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from every tribe. We need every kind of person involved. 
We need grandma. We need grandpa. We need uncle. We need aunt. We need this person. We need, we need everybody involved. Everybody in here today needs to touch this ministry somehow, some way. If it's a casserole or if it's watching a kid for eight hours, you need to touch this ministry because this is what will happen when you touch this ministry. When those people touched the Jordan, when it was dried up, something happened in them. They said, man, so this is new. Something's going on. The same thing will happen to you. You will feel like you're actually doing something. Amen? How many of you want to feel like you're actually doing something? It changes. It's a game changer. As my boys would say, it's a game changer. Verse 12. Now, therefore, take for yourselves, we just read it, verse 13. And it shall come to pass as soon as the soles of the feet of the priest, us, who bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, that the waters of the Jordan shall be cut off. The waters that come down from upstream, and they shall stand as a heap. That's a big deal, y'all. If you've never been to the Jordan, it can get pretty crazy at times. But they, as soon as the church, priest, us, step foot in the middle of the family, the chaos will stop. It won't get perfect, but the chaos will stop because the family sees there really is somebody that will stand for me. It is that immediate, I promise. I can't tell you how many people I've stood with at DHS the day we took their kids and I looked them in the face and said, I'm for you, not against you. Something stopped in their spirit. And it'll stop when the church gets involved. It stopped in, in verse 13. As soon as their feet touched the water, it stopped and it backed up and it stood as a heap. Verse 14. So it was when the people set out from their camp to cross over the Jordan with the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people. And as those who bore the Ark came to the Jordan and the feet of the priests who bore the Ark dipped in the edge of the water, for the Jordan overflows all its banks during the whole time of harvest, that the waters which came down from upstream stood still and rose in a heap very far away at Adam, the city that is beside Zeratim. So the waters that went down into the Sea of the Arabah, the Salt Sea, failed and were cut off, and the people crossed over opposite Jericho. First John 4 and 4, greater is he that is in me than he who is in the world. First Peter chapter 2, verse 21 says, we are to be examples of Christ Jesus and Christ Jesus crucified. Our lives should look, smell, act like Jesus. Jesus stepped into some people's lives. He stepped into some people's families. You say, well, you don't know my situation. You don't know my family. My family's situation is pretty crazy right now, and it's just not the time. Listen, God sometimes takes your mess and gives you what to do to step into somebody else's mess, and by your obedience, God blesses your family. It's amazing what happens when you take your mind off of problems 24 hours a day, seven days a week and put them on somebody else's problems. Compassion. Compassion. I love Dave Ramsey this morning in our class, Financial Peace. It's God's blessing. I love it. Dave Ramsey said that, that he wakes up and he reads the paper in the Bible because he knows that they're complete opposite. He'll get one perspective and a completely different perspective. The media TV, everything's negative. Everything is negative. Everything is negative. And then at your home, it bleeds over into your family and it's negative. Step into somebody else's negativity and that will change. Because when you can lay your head to pillow at night knowing you've done everything that you could possibly do for Christ Jesus and Christ Jesus alone, there's peace. There's peace. There's no longer this longing for what? Oh, I need to do this and I need that. And I need. There's peace. Verse 17. 
The water stood still. Then the priest who bore the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan. We've got to stand firm in this situation because it can get crazy quickly. Last March, we had six or seven babies come through our home in a week. Just 24-hour stays. It can get crazy quickly for many reasons. There's patterns in the drug culture. There's patterns in abusive culture. There's patterns, and we're, and we're beginning to see them. It could get really crazy. We could get five, six, seven calls in one day just like that out of the blue. Where are they gonna go? They're gonna have to go somewhere else because Cleveland County is not open. They're gonna have to go to a different school. Not only are they gonna be taken out of their home where they're safe, because here's the deal, guys. I don't care how bad the home is, that's still their mom and dad, and they love them. And those parents, I don't care what they're doing, they love their kids. I shared with Pastor, I was pretty tore up about it a couple weeks ago, and uh, when you've seen a human being get on a stand in a courtroom, and they never had any light shined in their life growing up, and they tell the court, yes, you can terminate my rights. The God-given mother and daddy instinct kicks in and they begin to weep because they realize what just happened. Oh, how we need people, the church, to step into the Jordan and make a way for these people because there's a better way, amen? There's a better way, there's a promised land. His promise is not just for me because I'm a pastor. His promise is for everybody, amen? Amen? All people, all people. Until all the people had crossed completely over the Jordan. Everybody. Just because we adopted Lillian Prue doesn't mean I'm, we're done with mom and dad. We still reach out to mom and dad. We still reach out to grandma. And we will continue to do so until they completely cross over. Because really, let's just be honest. The most important thing here is the soul. Amen? Getting people a house and food, all that's important here on this temporary place. But there's something more important, and that's eternity. And our job is to show people heaven. Amen? Verse 18, or sorry, chapter four. Verses one through nine are the stones of remembrance. Read that on your own time. Look at verse 11. Then it came to pass, I'm almost done. Then it came to pass when all the people had completely crossed over at the ark of the Lord and the priests crossed over in the presence of the people. And the men of Reuben, the men of Gad, and half the tribe of Manasseh crossed over armed before the children of Israel as Moses had spoken to them. About 40,000 prepared for war crossed over before the Lord for battle to the plains of Jericho. They were prepared. Because here's the thing. We show them. They cross over. They accept Christ as their Lord and Savior. How many of you know life is still not perfect? But now they're prepared. Now they're prepared for battle. Now that they've seen the church, the church as Jesus had created it in its full form, they prepared. Now that people have stepped in their lives and said, let me help you do A, B, and C, and D. They're prepared now. They're prepared, as were the people that crossed over here. Verse 14, on that day, the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all Israel, and they feared him as they had feared Moses all the days of his life. Then the Lord spoke to Joshua, saying, command the priests who bear the ark of the testimony to come up from the Jordan. Joshua therefore commanded the priests, saying, come up from the Jordan. And it came to pass, when the priests who bore the ark of the covenant of the Lord had come from the midst of the Jordan, and the soles of the priest's feet touched the dry land that the waters of the Jordan returned to their place and overflowed all its banks as before. Notice when the river came back to normal is when the presence of the God stepped out of it. 
The presence of the Almighty God stepped out of the Jordan, and the Jordan came back to like it was. We can't just step in and out of people's lives. We gotta be in it for the long haul. These are lost people. They need help. These are people that just need the church to come in and be the church. And we gotta step in for the long haul. Amen? Amen? Remove the Lord's presence and it will go back as it was before. I don't want it to go back as it was before. Verse 19, I'm closing. Now the people came up from the Jordan in the 10th day of the first month and they camped in Gilgal on the east border of Jericho. And those 12 stones which they took out of the Jordan, Joshua set up in Gilgal. Then he spoke to the children of Israel saying, when your children ask their fathers in time to come saying, what are these stones? Then you shall let your children know saying, Israel crossed over this Jordan on dry land. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan before you until you had crossed over as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up before us until we had crossed over. But all the peoples of the earth may know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty, that you may fear the Lord your God forever. Jesus is into this legacy thing. God is into this, remember what I did. Don't forget what I did. They got stones to, to, to remember what God had done when they crossed over. I'll be real honest, Revelation 12 says it's the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. That's our remembrance. But here's our remembrance in the foster care world. Our remembrance is when we see little five-year-old girls like Lily and four-year-old girls like Prue and teenagers like Mackenzie and, and young men like Jeremiah and little sweet babies named Rosie and we look at them. And then sometimes we look at their mom and daddy and say, God, thank you for what you're doing and for what you're going to continue to do. God's moving. And we as the church have to see that. And we have to get on board. These families are too precious and they're too important for us not to step in and say, we're not here to point the finger because God knows we've made mistakes. We're sinners just like you in need of a savior, but let us help you so then you can cross over and then you can help somebody. Stand to your feet this morning. I want to do something in closing, just if you will. I'm going to ask those four families to come down to the altar, if you will. You four families, the Grubbs, the Johnsons. Everything that I talked about, these people believe in. We're in it for everybody, not just the kids. But it's hard and it's difficult. And there's days where we all want to just say, we're done. 
We need our church not only to step in to the middle of the biological families, but we need the church to step in the middle of our families because we can't do it alone. So I'm gonna ask the church family to come stand behind these great families right now, if you will, everybody. And by you doing this, you're just showing your agreement with these families because they need to know. They need to know. We might not be going to the African jungle. We might not be going to Japan. But we're going to Concord. We're going to Pangburn. We're going to Gers Ferry. We're going to Quitman. We're going to our Nazareth and reaching families for Christ Jesus. And we need your help. Amen. So put a hand on one of these if you can. And let's begin to pray right now. Not only for them, but let's also pray for the biological families and these foster kids. Father, we love you, Jesus. Father, we just lift our voices, God, in complete unity.